Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and I got two great guests with me because we're going to discuss the return of the NBA. First guest, first, I want to introduce uh, uh, the founder of the podcast, the Off the Glass podcast, Mr. Zach Ramey, and then I also have Courtside Ross, Mr. Ross Parker. Thank you both for joining me. Thanks for having me, James. Can you hear me, Ross? I can hear you. I'm going to start with you, Ross. How do you feel about the NBA coming back? Uh, I feel like there's definitely a need for it to come back. Um, the timetable that they have set up right now has been kind of you know, off the wall with a lot of things. But I feel like if they keep pushing everything back right now in any situation, we don't know when the COVID is going to stop. So they can say, okay, we can go back in November and December. But what if a second wave come in November and December? You see what I'm saying? So... They're trying to they're trying to plan to restart the season around hopefully around Christmas time. That would be a good look, or at least sometime in January. So yeah, I do feel like that there are a lot of complications in restarting, but I do feel like you have to crown a champion at the end of the day. What about you, Zach? I agree with Ross. I think initially I was kind of like playing devil's advocate. Like if the players didn't feel comfortable, let's just scrap it regroup, come up with a plan so we ready to go, like Ross said, so next season isn't ruined. But then the more I looked at it, talked to some people from the business side of things, they, like, really need to play. Like, they really need to play. I think a lot of people don't realize that the majority of the league is like any other job. Like, they kind of, in a lot of ways, are check to check. And if 40 to 30% of your check is going to taxes and then another 10% go to escrow. They don't leave you with a lot of money. So a lot of these guys kind of need to get these game checks in. And plus, I think at the end of the day, like Ross said, it needs to hurry up and come back. Like, what are we waiting for? If somebody gets sick or, or uh, somebody tests positive, let's remove that person and keep going. I kind of think that's what they should have been doing like across the board, not just with sports. So I think it's something that, that needs to happen. I think it was a great look that the TBT is going on right now, the million-dollar tournament, because I'm willing to bet the NBA got their notepad out and anything they need to adjust, um, they'll be able to adjust, and that's been successful. So I think it's going to be fine. I think that's one of the reasons why I was telling people to start was a big gap between training camp, you know, getting back in the gym all the way to when they actually start games, because they already going to be anticipating – some positive tests. Like, I'm willing to bet there's probably even staffers that people are working behind the scenes that might test positive. Like, I think they're kind of anticipating all that. So the hope is get those people weeded out, whatever they need to do, and then by end of July, we're ready to temp off and play basketball. So I think it was needed. I, I, I wasn't one of those people that felt like the season should have been canceled completely. I thought these were one of the sports where they could have figured it out, and I'm glad they did. So, Ross, we... At any point, did you have fear that the season wouldn't restart? I did. I, I definitely felt that the season wouldn't restart. But then it, it comes to, you know, in the question, well, what about the college seniors right now? So if the season doesn't restart, are you going to grant them another year eligibility? Or are you going to have them just waiting and sitting out another year? There's so many complications besides the NBA. I mean, what about college um, sports? So if you don't, for instance, for college football, what if you don't have a college football season? Then what about, what are you going to do? you going to grant the seniors now eligibility again? And then you have another 30, 40 new kids coming in next year? 
So that's the problem. It's the same thing for the NBA. What, what about the contracts? People need contracts. People are playing on contract years. And if you don't resume the season, then next year they're going to say, well, it's going to be too many excuses. Or somebody, if somebody wants a championship next year, they're going to say, well, it's only because, you know, the COVID and there's so many excuses where we can just get the season over with and just, that's just keep, that's just go back to hooping again. I agree with, I agree with Ross, but let me What'd you say, John? No, I was going to ask Ross, though, from this standpoint, um, like they, I lost my train of thought while I was going to ask you, because what you said about the seniors, I think at the end of the day, people were nervous and scared and rightfully so, but to your point, like big picture, I don't think people was ready for that level of sacrifice that everybody's like really talking about. Like the backlash and the ripple effect of the NBA and other sports not playing. Like, are we ready as a society really for that kind of sacrifice? Because forget no sports. We're talking about like no economy. Like, I, I just don't, I've been just watching this from a distance. Like, you know, like we all have, and it's been fascinating to me and what this thing has shown me how little of information as a country, let alone our leader, also our leadership, but the regular people have on how the body works, what a virus is. And like people have completely just lost themselves. Like we've never lived with viruses before. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm saying like, okay, we don't have to play. That's cool. We can all shut down. That's cool. But just be prepared for when we come outside. So like when there's nothing out here. So to Ross's point, you know, the ripple effect is going to be crazy. And one thing the NCAA have shown, they're all about the NCAA. You know, the universities are all about the universities. They don't care about these players. So why would they grant them an extra year? I mean, I saw, for example, Harvard is still charging full tuition, but the whole school year is going to be online. So at, the, so at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, yeah, like to Ross's point, like at some point we have to be realistic about this. We really do. Man, I, I didn't add. So I've re, I've been reading stories about um stuff getting canceled, but I didn't I didn't I didn't know they were still going to charge. But I mean, I guess shit, you got to charge full tuition. I mean, yeah, a lot of the college sports sports have already been canceled. Yeah, they said that today. Yep. If you don't want to play for injustice reasons, I understand that as well. But the twenty two teams that have been invited, they should play. The eight teams that are, are sitting on the side, they should advocate. That's just how I feel. I mean, and right now, the players have the voice right now. They have everybody's ear. They need to go out. They need to hoop. If you want to put messages on the back of your jersey or however you want to promote and how, however you feel about injustice and racism in America, you have the the world is watching you now. I mean, just for example, like Aaron Gordon, for us, I'm just using him as an example. Nobody might have not really listened to him at first. But now, if, you know, and after a game is over, a playoff game is over, a regular season game is over, they'll listen to them. Everybody has a voice, and the impact can be spread more around the world with more voices after games. And I just feel like right now we need sports. And they got to go hoop. I still got to go to work. I mean, I mean, I might get laid off. They're not going to get laid off. Yeah. Maybe next season after their contract and everything is up. But, I mean, the world resumes. I feel like sports has to resume as well. They they plan they just like Zach said they plan for a check just like everybody else. And also too, they about to be in a collective bargain agreement, so it would have been a risk that if we didn't resume, it would be no basketball this year. 
And I'm telling y'all now, because of what I already just been talking to people, they're probably going to strike next year. There's going to be a lockout. So there's not even a guarantee that the season's going to even, the next season's going to even start. Because they're going to have to renegotiate the money lost. The owners, the owners are going to want more. That's another story that hasn't been talked about, the amount of people from different organizations that have been laid off. In the front office, the basketball side, the business side, you know. So this is, again, to Ross's point, there's so many layers to this. And I think it wasn't, the NBA to me was in a, a lose-lose situation. You're going to get criticized for restarting. And then if you guys don't play, it's going to be a backlash from that because from the business side of things, it's going to be a disaster. Like, they're in for a battle. And then to be honest with you, I'm still kind of like waiting for the first ball to be tipped off, the first jump ball, before I'm even for sure that they're going to play. Facts. Because, like, Jokic, for example, he's still not back in the country. There's talks if Kawhi might not join now. That's some of the rumors. Yeah, because he didn't travel with them. He had a family issue. So Russell Westbrook and James Harden as well. Yeah, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. So <laughs> hold on, hold on. I didn't know. So I'm on ESPN, but I didn't hear these stories. <laughs> I don't even watch ESPN. This is Twitter for me. I get all my stuff from Twitter. And then some of the other relationships I built, you know, talking to people in the DMs. So is that so Ross is that that James Harden um Russell Westbrook is that story public or Oh no, I saw that. That's public. Yeah, that's public. public. Mhm. Wow. Okay, so let's kind of go into that because you guys took me somewhere I was eventually going to go, but we got to talk about the asterisks. And I'm going to start with you, Ross. <laughs> if these guys don't travel, if we're talking about Jokic, Jokovic, um, probably the best big man in the league. Jokic, I'm sorry. Probably okay. best big man in the league. James Harden. One of the best. Uh, Russell Huh? He said one, one of the, the best. best. <laughs> I think he's the best center right now because Embiid is in shape. Oh, I, 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 I think he's the best, but just we know for a fact he's one of the best. So, right, right. Yeah. I just know. <laughs> but, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you, Ross. Now, if if Harden doesn't travel, if Jokic, what is it, Jokic, right? Yeah, Jokic, yeah, you yeah. right. Yep. If these guys don't travel, how do you feel about the championship? Should there be an asterisk? Oh, I mean, Jokic is having complications of then getting out of his country. So that 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 situation is a little bit different, and other places aren't traveling because I don't know the extent of it. I mean, I just see what ESPN reported, and I don't want to even specify on that um, because some of that stuff is half reported, some of it's you know half true. Mm-hmm. But if people don't show up, I think it has to be an asterisk. But I do think all the superstars are going to show up. All the superstars are going to play. I, that's just how I feel. Maybe the role players, you know, maybe like a superstar, maybe like Bradley Bill. He said he was a shoulder injury. But, I mean, let's just be realistic. The Wizards probably aren't going to make the playoffs anyway. They already don't have John Wall. And you probably can't even name three or four other people on that roster in general. So, for people like him, it, that, that's an exception. But the people that want to hoop and the supposed hoop and the superstar supposed hoop, they all going to be there. So, I don't want to hear any excuses about an asterisk because you could say that about a lot of seasons. There have been lockout seasons prior to this. 
So you can't necessarily say asterisk. Whoever wins, wins. You got to give them the credit for it. Either you've been working, working while you were supposed to be working, or you haven't been working. A lot of people don't want to come back because they, they've been out of shape. Right. So you just got to... If, if, I can't respect that. So if you don't want to play for injustice and everything else like that, I respect that. But if you don't want to hoop because you've been out of shape, no, I don't have any respect for that. So I think everybody's going to come back. I think everybody's going to hoop. And yeah, it's technically going to be an asterisk. It doesn't matter who wins. Um, unless it's a, some somehow or maybe, I don't even know, maybe the Rockets win or something and Mike D'Antoni gets his first ring. Maybe that won't be an asterisk then for a team like that. But for the team that's supposed to win, regardless, they're going to say it's an asterisk, but I don't believe it will be one. What about you, Zach? I think it plays into this. I was talking with somebody about this, how um, this whole W, it's like ESPN a lot, it's like the WWE now with all these narratives, Fox, you know, FS1, and how a lot of the stuff that are debated to those of us who actually follow and like the game, it's like irrelevant conversations, just being honest with you. I think the asterisk thing just came up because they had nothing else to talk about, and that's what people tend to do because we're in the era of giving giving credit, but at the same time, everybody got discredit something. I just look at it like this. These circumstances is something we've never seen before. Thanks. Like This is the only thing I could think of in my lifetime that's even close to this was 9-11, and that was an event. And unless you was a family that was directly affected by that, by losing a family member, you know, the rest of us, it was uncomfortable for a while, but you wasn't restricted from moving around and doing things. Like, this is completely different. So, to me, my whole argument the whole time, like, why are we, who cares? Like, why are we even debating asterisks? Let's just be happy if we have a season. Facts. Let's just be happy if we have a season. And then let's use this season to learn how we're going to deal with this going forward. Because regardless of when the vaccine comes out, which me personally, I'm praying for a vaccine sooner or later so we can kind of get back to normal so the sheep can go back to being sheep. But <laughs> even post, even like post-vaccine, it's never going to be the same going to a game. Like, it's just going to be a lot of things that come out of this. So to me, we should be more concerned about surviving and getting through this season, the asterisks and debating who really deserved it and all that. Because at the end of the day, the problem is to me with a lot of the media and a lot of things, you have a lot of people that never hoop for real. And then you get more people who might have hooped saying things, but they're only saying it for a check. Because if you hoop for real, I don't care if it's overseas, I don't care if it's college, high school, I don't care if it's summer league or a pickup game. When you show up to play, you show up to play to win. Ain't no, you know, we play eight games in this open run and we lost the last one, so I was tired. Like, no, you lost the last one. You know, that's just the way... It is. So a lot of these narratives to me are just people, you know, driving their own agenda. But I never understood the whole asterisk thing, big picture, because I'm like, man, if we get through this season, if everybody gets in this through this season, to me, everybody should be like participation trophies. Like everybody should get something <laughs> because this is this is crazy. Like to me, think about it. I played overseas and like my last year, I never played at a high level. I never lied about my career. But my last year, I was the only American. So you're talking about a bubble. I was in my room all day by myself. I only left to go eat and go to the store to break the monotony of the day. Skype, internet, and then I would go play in gyms where it's basically like playing in a bubble. The gyms weren't packed like that. And I made it through that season. It was a champion crown in that league. Nobody was talking about asterisks. Now, granted, it was no virus, but what I'm saying is it is what it is. You show up the hoops. That's your right. job. You show up the hoops. So... 
I don't know. I, I know I kind of went on a tangent, but it just irritates me. Right. Exactly. It, it just, I don't know. I know I went on a tangent, but it just kind of irritated me because I just felt like as usual in this society nowadays, we're missing the whole point and we're not showing any perspective. Mm-hmm. I agree. Ross, what you think going to be the toughest part about going into that bubble for the players? Uh, honestly, can't, I can't hear you. You said the you toughest said part. What's going to be the toughest part going into the bubble for the parent uh, players? In the bubble, what do you mean by the bubble? Can you, can in you, um, the bubble, what's going to be the toughest part of going in there? Like, what's, what you think going to be the toughest part? No fans, no family? Oh, okay, just about the situation. Uh, yeah. That's a great question, honestly. I don't think the toughest part will actually be the fans. For, for some people, at, at first it will be. From the fans' perspective, it will be the toughest um, point. But hoopers always hoop anyway. The toughest perspective will be confining them in one area. Saying, oh, you can't leave out of here, you can't do this. These are grown men at the end of the day. You're telling James Harden, who's making so much money, that he can't go out or do anything, or he can't bring his, his family because his family might have um, COVID, um, you know, instances and everything. So it, it's so many different variations. And, and the NBA really has the advantage because they can go first. And when you go first, you kind of have the advantage. But you also have the disadvantage because you go first at the same time. The NFL can just sit back and watch. Okay, I don't want to make this mistake. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do this. But I just think that that's going to be the toughest thing and just them getting tested. And then if they test positive, are they really going to be gone for two weeks? You know, or are they going to, you know, you know, wipe away and say, oh, and, and go, I'm, I'm brushing under the rug, somebody that got that tested positive. You know what I'm saying? Because he's a superstar at the end of the day. And, and at the end of the day, are you really going to tell somebody who tested positive? Okay, I can't play, but okay, I feel fine. I don't feel like what if it's a negative test? Because there have been cases out here that have have, have had COVID testing and they've come back positive and the person never really even had it in the first place. Yep. So it's just so much stuff that that, that <laughs> in this bubble and in in Florida with everything going around Florida and, and the cases rising there. I mean, are you gonna push it to somewhere else? It's kind of too late for that now. So the toughest part to me in the bubble would be confining them in one area and just having everybody on strict guidelines and making you got to pretty much watch Roman 24-7. I agree with Ross. I think that's going to be the toughest part, controlling the narrative. And, you know, again, it's been fascinating to watch all of this because the reason why there's more positive tests because they're actually testing more people. So, like, if we step back and even look at this, there's, there's still no context. We don't know if people got symptoms. We don't know if they asymptomatic. They saying if you asymptomatic, you can't pass it. Some people saying you can. You know, it's just it's so much stuff, like, to this. Like, this is, this is crazy. That's why I think, to me, it was good look that TBT went first. I'm telling you, the NBA was watching what they were doing. To how they presented it. I mean, they even they were doing post game interviews with mics on a stick to do like social distancing. Like can I'm I, telling can you, I, can, I, can I interrupt you for a second? What is TBT? It's the tournament they've had the last f- six years in the summer mm-hmm. where they play for a million dollars. It's a winner take all tournament, and the team splits a million dollars. And each year has gotten more and more bigger. More and more big name players like Joe Johnson is playing this year. Former NBA player Joe Johnson is playing this year, 
And you have a lot of guys that play overseas that's getting a nice bag. And you got other guys who play overseas or guys who had good college careers, but they can still hoop. And they get together in the summer and play. So that's what it is. But it's on ESPN now, Puma, you know, big-time sponsorships and everything. So I think the NBA has been watching that. But, you know, to Ross's point, you know, I was reading between the lines. I saw a tweet from Monique Curry, a former Duke uh, player. She played in the WNBA for years. She was a really good player. Her and Elena Beard played at Duke together, like those teams when Duke was going to the Final Four, the women's teams. And um, she had texted one of her former teammates for the Washington team to ask her about the bubble. And she says, you know, I can't talk about it. So me, like me, I put my hat on. I go into like Zach, you know, how I think. And I'm like, oh, so they already signed gag orders. Because why couldn't why? you tell her about what's going on in the boat? Like, why would you say I can't speak about it? Yeah. Right? So I'm looking at it like, man, okay. Because if you notice, there ain't been no more pictures about the food coming out. Because was, they was tweeting about how the food looked like. You ain't seen no more of that. You didn't see that, that WNBA video about how the, the laundry room had rat traps and supposedly bed yeah. bugs. Like, you ain't seen nobody say no more about that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I think what's going to happen is somebody's going to test positive. I, I was looking at the odds. It's going to be a star. And to be honest with you, I don't think we're ever going to find out if that star doesn't show symptoms they're going to say he hurt his ankle or something. They're going to sit out for a few days. They're going to monitor him. If he don't show symptoms, he's going to come back and play. Exactly. Watch. But to Jen, uh, Ross's point, though, the biggest issue is how you going to tell grown men they can't go outside? The basketball part is going to be the basketball part. That's fine. But how you going to tell grown men you can't go outside? Like the girlfriends gotta stay at home, the groupies gotta stay at home. <laughs> no more clubbing. You know, then if you're doing the family thing, your family ain't there. Like, like this is I, hey, that's the stuff they're gonna have to worry about. Lot. The biggest issue for me right now is that AAU basketball is presumed. And I have a serious issue with that. So if AAU is presumed, the TPT is presumed, then the NBA gotta come back and they should have set the precedent at the beginning. They should have been the one that, all right, no basketball until we make sure everything is going. But AAU's done their own thing. And like I said, I'll reiterate again, I don't agree with that. But how's the NBA not going to play now when you got little kids playing? And they have fans at the game. Yep. I mean, they're doing that here in Illinois. We're, I'm back hooping when I can. Nobody got a mask on. Shit. It's crazy. I mean, it's going to be like this for a long time. And you can't continue to push something back when we don't even ever, ever know if a, a vaccine is ever even going to come out. You don't, we don't know that. We assume that. But it might not come out what they saying. I've heard rumors from it coming out too. This December to next fall to next spring. What if it, what, what if it doesn't come out to 2021, 2022? We don't know. So Man, you can't continue to push things back if it's too many unknowns. Especially if you're not going to speak, speak on the unknown. Let me ask you, Ross. Do you what do you what do you expect from the quality of the product, the basketball? Ooh. I mean, they gonna who? I mean, it's gonna be some, it's gonna be some some rusty games. You know, the shooting percentages will go down. You know, and instead of Steph Curry maybe shooting fifty one percent, he might he's not gonna be playing. Obviously, I'm just giving an example. Uh, he might shoot forty six percent. I mean, they're still professionals at the end of the day. You can watch them in the gym, and you like, damn, they 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 hit so many shots in a row. 
you wonder how they even miss a wide open shot in the game. And honestly, it should be easier for them to hoop in a lot of ways because a lot of times there's a lot of pressure from the fans. It's nobody there but them. It's like hooping in an in, in a, in a, in a open gym in a pickup game. So they're going to hoop. They're going to play. I expect the product to be the same. I expect maybe a little bit more injuries, more yep. cramping, yep. more um, less team camaraderie. But I still expect the product to be good. And once we wane the, the 22 teams, I'll get down to 16, 8, 4. Right. They'll be right back ready by then. Yep. Yep. You can go ahead, Ross. I mean, exact. No, I agree. It's like, uh, you know, I'll be 39 and shit. And, it's, you know, I laugh because I don't get to play like I used to. And I noticed when I go, because I haven't played in months, you know, you feel a little stiffer. You're going to be a little more sore afterwards. You might hit your first couple shots, but then the next games you can't buy a basket. But the more you go, the more you play, you start getting that rhythm. It's like it's like riding a bike, you know, especially for me. You know, you get that little bit early, get some extra shots up. It's the same for them. Like to Ross's point, these are pros. My only thing I'm worried about is like what they call those soft tissue injuries, you know, sprained ankles, pull hamstrings, strain, pull groins, um, things of that nature. But like to his point, once we – get in the playoff mode, by then, they'll be fine. Because I've even seen some of the videos of the guys working out. They already back to not missing any shots and warm-ups like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you laugh, but, you know, and Ross says it, like, I don't, James, like, if you ever get to treat yourself when you get back to normal, if you've never done it, go to an NBA game early. Go when they first allow the fans to walk in and watch them warm up. And you'll get an understanding why, me personally, I don't like them calling NBA players bombs. Because you'll see some guys that you'll be like, like I've seen Joe Kim Noah make like 30 jump shots in a row with that crazy form. I've seen Ben Simmons hitting threes. And watch yeah. <laughs> And he ain't never hey, shot a three. Like, and then let, let alone, like, don't go and then see, like, guys who can really shoot. Like, I remember going to watch the Bulls play the Kings when Mike Bibby and Paige Stoyakovich was still playing. And people think I tell this story like I'm trying to make it sound cooler than what it is. Like, no, they went the whole workout and did not miss a shot. Dang. Did not miss one shot. I don't care if it was a three off the dribble, mid-range, did not miss one shot. Like, that's something you should do. Like, take the white. Like, hey, we going a little bit early. I know game at 730, but no, nah, we're going to get that six when the doors open up. And go watch some of them work out, and you will be surprised. Mm-hmm. you'll be surprised. So yeah, for them, it's just going to be a matter of getting that rhythm because that's what make an NBA player, you know, you know, really good. NBA players can make contested shots under pressure. That's the difference right there. That's the, and it sounds minor, but that's the huge difference. Those right, guys can make contested shots because if you go in progression, an open shot in high school is a contested shot in college. An open shot in college is a contested shot in the NBA. So that's why those guys are so unbelievable because they can make contested shots at a high percentage. That's why, to Ross's point, when they miss the wide open ones, you're kind of surprised because most of the times, even on TV, it might not look contested. It's actually contested. When somebody that's 6'6", closing out at you, 6'8", with a long arm, that's, that's what, you know, these guys are pros. So do that. Take my advice. When we get back to normal, go watch them warm up before a game, let alone I've actually got to work out with some of these guys, even WNBA players. You know, I've seen one of my buddies, she was like an all-star, played 12 years in the league, 
And I watched her go whole workouts without missing shots. And I'm talking about hour, hour and a half workouts and not miss any shots. It's crazy. And, and I hate when people say the NBA players don't play defense. So if they didn't play defensive, trust me, it would, this game would be 180 <laughs> to 178. <laughs> hey, Ross, you familiar? It would be like an ABA game. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, like, no, like if you familiar with the IBL, like some of those minor leagues that I played in, like when <laughs> the score would be almost 200 points, 100, like seriously. Like, man, people man. have no clue, man, how good these guys and these women really are. Even when guys will say, I'll be the WNBA player. No, you won't. No, you won't. No, you won't. <laughs> Not unless you move for real. No, you won't. And even then, you will struggle. No, you won't. No average man is beating no WNBA player in basketball. It's not possible. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely Not agree possible. Um, Ross, so this question will be kind of interesting, and I'm going to give both you guys opinion on it. The regular season is pretty much over, so – we 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 just going we just going to assume it's over. So Ross, who would you give your MVP to? Uh, LeBron James. I mean, Lisa Lisa wow. NBA in assists right now. Um, I mean, and he's doing this at, at how old is he? Thirty five, something like that. And mm-hmm. he's doing. I mean, it's just incredible to watch. And LeBron James can literally win MVP every year, and he's been slighted for for years now. And it's time for him just to win again. I mean, he's played almost what every game this year. He's yep. been on the mission. I mean, you could give it to Giannis, but Giannis got it last year. I mean, what what is what has Giannis done this year that LeBron hasn't done? I mean, outside other than have a better record, and and and, and it's in the Eastern Conference, so we're not even gonna go there. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would give hey, don't hate on my East, man. I like the Eastern oh, no, Conference, no, man. It's tougher at the top. I get what you're saying, though. I had Giannis. His numbers improved across the board. He leads in most categories, including uh, advanced stats. My whole thing with this, I agree with what Ross is saying, and I don't even disagree when people pick LeBron. My main question is, and I asked one of my uh, other podcasters this, if LeBron wasn't 35 in year 17, we would not be saying this because Giannis's year has been that good. And... The fact is, Anthony Davis has been incredible. So how much does that factor into LeBron's success? Then somebody will say, well, you know, Anthony Davis needs LeBron to give him the ball and all this. I'm like, okay, that's facts. But we've never said that in an in in MVP argument when your teammate leads in every other category that you don't lead in. Like, he leads the Lakers in every other category, and he's one of the best defensive players, both advanced numbers. Like, when you look at it, you could almost say, and I had to go back and look at this because I thought I made an argument last year that Giannis could have won offensive, you know, MVP and defensive player of the year. And you could make the same argument this year. But then when I went and looked at the numbers in detail and I was seeing who was ranking, I'm like, man, you, you got to even get that to AD because Giannis is playing with Brooke Lopez, who's at the top in a lot of the same advanced defensive stats. So it's like, how can LeBron be the clear-cut MVP when you can make a legit argument, he's not even the MVP of his team. If we go off what the narratives have been for MVP. Now, I don't have a problem with LeBron winning. I'm just saying, like, it's funny how we change these narratives. Now, to be honest with you, I thought James Harden should have won it last year because he won it the year before, and then he played better <laughs> last year. So I was like, just give it to him again. But I understood the Giannis narrative part. And it was going hard to beat, beat Giannis. But my whole point, again, 
what LeBron is, what we'd be saying is if he was in year 17. We wouldn't and be I, saying I, it. I agree with you 100%. I mean, everything you're saying, it, it, it's subjective, honestly. Right. But the way I look at it is he's, he's leading the league in assists, and he has no shooters on this team. I mean, it, I mean that, that's, that's – I mean, Giannis is filled with shooters. I mean, you can just spread the floor off for him, and, and you can't really double because even Brooke Lopez shoot threes now. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's just like LeBron don't have that – his 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 team ain't that five out basketball like like Giannis, you, you know what I'm saying? So it, it it's just I, I don't I don't disagree with you in any way. I just think is LeBron signed on MVP. That, that's just how I feel. I mean, I, to I, your I, point, he's manufactured assists. I mean, the way he him and AD have had that hit ahead pass all season, he's getting like three or four assists a game just off that. Setting up LeBron, I mean, uh, Dwight Howard coming off the bench, JaVale McGee getting dunks, you know. So to your point, I don't know. It's just, I feel like the problem I have with LeBron sometimes, and it's not him per se, it's the narrative pushing with him. But at the same time, I have enough perspective. I ain't mad at him because I'm actually, I think it's dope that we see an athlete, especially a black athlete that's like, yo, Y'all not going to tell my narrative. I'm going to control my narrative. I'm going to flex my power. Y'all could like it, whatever. That's what I'm going to do. Now, I don't always agree with how he goes about it, but overall, I love it. I think it's super dope. But I just think some of these shows, like the narratives they were saying about LeBron, I was like, man, I don't think he needs y'all help. <laughs> like the guy's having a, <laughs> a phenomenal season, and they acting like, like Giannis isn't. And I would disagree with Ross a little bit. Like, okay, Philly has been disappointing this year, but they still a, a tough team. Miami is good at home, but they still a good team. Indiana's better than what people want to give them credit for. Of course, Boston. And then we're not going to forget about the defending champs. Like, I was high on them. I had Siakam as a dark horse MVP uh, candidate coming into the season, so I wasn't surprised by his, his success. So... I don't know. I think Milwaukee did a, a fantastic job building a team around their best player. You know, that's what organizations are supposed to do, you know. But that's my, my thing with LeBron. It's like, you know, some of these narratives, it just be – it's forced. Like, even it was even – it was famous when Rachel Nichols asked Draymond Green the question about because Kobe died, like, now LeBron should get MVP because it's going to be harder. I was like, wow, like, that's a crazy question. Like, why would you even – like? <laughs> right. Like, like he the only one that's affected by Kobe's death. Because one thing that came out of that whole situation was how beloved Kobe was and how he had real relationships with players across the league. They weren't even telling basketball stories. They were telling personal stories. Yeah. So if we're going to use that argument for LeBron, why wouldn't that be the case for um, Giannis? Him and Kobe worked out together. You know what I'm saying? Like, the way they shape stuff sometimes, it'd be weird to me. It don't, it don't be just on the court like it should be. Yeah. So, right, Ross, so you gave, you, got me, you gave me an MVP. I want to know who's going to be the last two teams standing and then who wins the – who's going on – who's the two teams in the finals and who's going to be the last man standing? I don't know the last two teams in the finals. Honestly, I don't care about the last two teams, but the last man standing will be Kawhi Leonard and, and the Los Angeles Clippers. Mm. I had the Clippers coming into the season. I had Clippers and Sixers. And then the Sixers looked like a dumpster fire all season. So, <laughs> towards before the – I ain't going to lie, I had Milwaukee towards the end. 
So now, I don't know. And it sounds like it's a cop-out answer. But I've been leaning more towards the Rockets. I can see that. I, I mean, and, and honestly, I have some things on my on my page. The way I, I wrote about article about James Harden, you know, Russell Westbrook, and you know, before the season and how this small ball basketball really could they could really change a lot of things. And a lot of people thought I was crazy when you know they they had traded Clint Capella, and then the night they played the Lakers that night and they beat him. I told everybody the Lakers were gonna go, we're gonna go down, even though it's one game. But I, the Rockets are my dark horse team. And I can honestly see the Rockets. There's one thing I don't trust about the Rockets. It's not James Harden. It's not Russell Westbrook. It's Mike D'Antoni. Every time he gets in these situations, it's just, I don't know what happens. His teams <laughs> just, never, just never get over the hump. Yeah. But it, based, on, based off of destiny, I feel like um, Donald Sterling, you know, back in the day with all the racism stuff with the Clippers, mm-hmm. um, now, with all the racism and justice things going on now, I feel like it's the Clippers' time. If you want to put that kind of narrative on it, and the Clippers never won a championship in L.A., and people could say Kobe Bryant died, so the Lakers will win. But I think L.A. is going, it's going to be the first for the Clippers. And that Donald Sterling situation is going to come back to bite him in the ass. And now they're going to be granted with a championship. As crazy as it sounds, I'm just, I'm just a believer and stuff like that. But I also can see the Rockets as a dark horse team. It really just depends on the matchups. It depends on the, the final standings. Because one of these teams can honestly catch the Dallas Mavericks in the first round or the Philadelphia 17th in the first round. And, and none of this even, even happened. matters. Yep. Because Philly had a great home record. Philly was yep. one of the, I think they might have had the best home record. But on the road, they were one of the worst road teams. Now it's no home or road. Yep. So it could be a mix, a, a, a good mix. So we, we just don't know. We got to wait to the standings. We got to wait to the seatings. And one of those higher seats can honestly knock off one of the lower seats. But I'm not mad at the Rockets at all. Because the reason why I said that now, because the season was shortened, P.J. Tucker and Covington didn't get, get worn down, you know, by the small ball like that. So now they should be fresh. And if the Rockets make enough threes, it's a math game. Threes are always worth more than twos. It's that simple. And if they're making threes, they're not trying to win by 20. They just want to win by a point. <laughs> like, it, like seriously, like, you know, even my father-in-law and I was having, we, man, I love having these discussions with him, man. Like, we was debating Warriors and, like, Lakers and Kobe yesterday. And he just thinks Shaq is just going to go crazy. And I'm just like, that's cool. But they're coming back getting threes. And it's the same thing with the Rockets. Even with Milwaukee, if they get hot, some of these teams, like Portland, you know, if Dame gets that's, hot. That's what I was talking about. One of those like, <laughs> like, lower-seeded teams. Yeah, lower-seeded teams. Even some, believe it or not, like a, a Memphis was playing well. New Orleans was playing well. So, like, when you're talking about the three-point three point shot and you're not in your home arena, you're at a neutral court, you don't know who's going to be healthy, you don't know the matchup, some of these teams, you'll be surprised, man. If they get hot, who knows? Who knows? So that's why I was leaning more towards Rockets. But before the season started, I had Milwaukee and Clippers uh, in the finals. And I had Milwaukee winning in seven. But now I really don't know. I really have no clue. That's a fair point. So if, I got a question for you real quick, Zach. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Giannis not winning championship this year or next year. Is he out of Milwaukee? I don't think so. Not this first contract. I don't think so. I think as much as they want to push that narrative, 
I think he actually enjoys the organization. He enjoys the city. It matches his personality. I think he stays this first contract. Who does he need? What type of player does he need to get over that hump? (laughs) Give me one player that you think that he could use to get over the hump. To be honest with you, I don't even think it's one player. I just think he needs one more year of seasoning with his game. Okay. All right. I respect that. That's different. Because I think their team, the way it's constructed, because it fits him and his aggression, they play that bend, don't break defense. You know, they drop the bigs off the pick and roll. They don't. So what I'm saying is real quick, James, they don't trap pick and rolls. They don't switch them. They just drop them back in the, in the paint and kind of rely on you to make contested or, you know, mid-range jump shots. Kind of like what the Patriots do famously in football, how they had that bend, don't break type of defense. The Raptors play similar defense to that. Yeah, Raptors play the same way as well. So I don't think it's a lack of talent, especially if you you got George Hill coming back, if he can stay healthy, guys like that, some of their friends, role players. But I think Giannis, to me, I've said this. I said last year he was two years ahead of schedule. So that means this year he's still a year ahead of schedule. I don't think we've seen the best of Giannis. I think he's still like a year ahead of schedule. So if he doesn't get it this year, he's going to sign his max deal because it's going to be crazy amount of money. And with the uncertainty of COVID, he might be more in tune to sign that, that super max contract, which is going to be north of 230, 225. And I think he stays that first contract unless something behind the scenes amongst the agents, which is a whole other ball game that fans don't really know about these relationships and something else is going on, but I really don't think he's going to leave it, even though they're trying to push it as hard as possible. Just like even, you know, with Trey Young signing a clutch, I don't think he's leaving Atlanta. Trey Young's going to stay in Atlanta, at least that first contract. Mm, absolutely. Trey Young going to be there for at least seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. But no, I like what Milwaukee's built around him. Great general managers, great scouting department, good coach. Giannis just needs to continue to be on that course. Because it's really on Giannis because Mike Budenholzer had the same type of resume in Atlanta. He will go yep. first in the conference and yep. never get over the hump, kind of like Mike D'Antoni. Some coaches just, are just like that. And until Giannis develops a jump shot, just like Ben Simmons develops a jump shot, I don't see – I'm not saying they can't win because this is a so-called asterisk year, even though it's really not. This could be year to, this could be year to, the year they get over the hump. But until he has another player that can create their own shot in the fourth quarter, like a Bradley Bill or somebody – um, and I was the one back a long time ago that said Chris Middleton was going to be a star, and they got a, it's actually crazy because the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I don't remember the year back in 2012 or 2011, whatever it was, 2012, 2013, whatenever it was. They tweeted me back and said, and they said, Shh, "Don't tell nobody about Chris Middleton," because I saw the star potential in him. The only problem I have with Milwaukee, cool. they don't have enough one-on-one players when it hits the fan. They don't. They don't. So, so. Obviously, adding somebody like a Bradley Bill would obviously help. But to your original question, I just think if if he can just make two more threes a game or, you know, even that extra one and then be improved the free throw shooting, they play good enough defense. I love Middleton. I'm just like you. I think they're, I think they're right where they need to be. The difference between Giannis and Ben Simmons, though, and what irks me about Ben Simmons is the, 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 the approach, the mentality. Like, he doesn't even – he's not aggressive enough to me. He doesn't even look to score. 
I don't care if Giannis don't care to come down and try to shoot the next one or I'm a Euro step my way and I'm going to be aggressive getting to the basket. That's what I want from Ben Simmons. Just shoot a few. Just be aggressive. Go to the basket. There's a lot of times where if he's not involved in the pick and roll action, he'll initiate offense as the point guard and just hang out at the top of the key at the three-point line. It's almost something or, or in the dunker spot, which is weird. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost something with Ben Simmons to the point where I think he has an undergoing shoulder injury, and if he keeps continues to shoot jump shots or something like that, maybe his 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 life cycle won't last as long. It got to be something, man. It can't just be confidence because the man just for the for, for the life of him won't even shoot a three. I mean, I, or a jump shot. Really, I don't understand. And I agree with you hundred percent because it's crazy because you're an analytics guy. You think just like me, and I ne- you just brought some stuff up. I never thought about. Giannis getting maybe one or two more threes again, and that's helping him out. I mean, you just you just you just sold me on something. I'm like, wow, that, I didn't even think about that. And I'm a big analyst guy. Yeah, I just because of the per, the percentage adds out. But even if Ben doesn't shoot a jump shot, go on the block, get a like when he's playing downhill, you know. But he doesn't even look to do that. And then part of it, I just think because the way the NBA is constructed and because the mentality of him and Embiid, I just don't think that fits. So I think in a lot of ways, when people say, if you put Ben on Milwaukee, you might get some of the same results. But I disagree because, again, I just don't feel like Ben Simmons is aggressive, aggressive enough. enough. Exactly. And somebody that played point guard, I even hate calling him a point guard. He's not a point guard to me. Because even when they'll compare him to Rajon Rondo, because it's like the low-hanging fruit, they be like, well, Rondo don't shoot jump shots. Yeah, but Rondo was aggressive. Like, he was a threat out there. He's a threat. He's a threat. He's, ben Simmons is not a threat enough for me. I agree with you. Man, I want to thank you, gentlemen, because, look, when I come to y'all, I already know I'm going to get some great basketball knowledge. So I truly appreciate the time that you guys giving me. Uh, Ross, I want to, I'm going to give you both the opportunity to tell how they can follow you. So, Ross, I'm going to start with you. Give your information on how they can follow you. You can follow our company at Courtside Hoops with a Z on the end. Um, we're a young, hungry company, and, you know, we're, we're establishing a lot of um, bringing God back into basketball. You can follow us there. And you can follow me at Courtside Ross, Simpson, Courtside Ross. Um, and I appreciate you, um, James, for having me. Definitely, brother. Man, I really enjoyed this. Um, we're going to have to talk, Ross, get you, you know, get you on the podcast, man. You got a lot of a lot of information and a lot of knowledge. So again, thanks for sharing this space with me. But you can follow me. Uh, Instagram is Zach D Off the Glass Podcast. My Twitter, which is I'm more on Twitter than even Instagram. Instagram I use kind of like advertising to post my stuff. But if you really want to engage, you know, tweet at me. Is uh, what is my Twitter? ZJ. I think it's ZJ something like that. But it's at D Off the Glass. Um, the website is www.theoftheglasspodcast.com. Um, the podcast is available on all streaming platforms. So like I always say, there's no excuse why you shouldn't be consuming this great content. So Android, Apple is there. Um, the YouTube page is The Off The Glass uh, Podcast. And again, if you want to support the pod, the Patreon page is The Off The Glass Podcast. So, you know, thanks for having me again, James. You know, I always enjoy these conversations, enjoy these talks, man. So thanks for having me on. Thank you, brother. Again, thank everyone for listening. I appreciate all the support you've given the podcast. Everyone have a great day.